Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board gaming. I'm your host, Chayadvara, and this is episode 304. Chayadvara, did you know that the squirrels kicked me out of the local park? No, why? They, they didn't like my criticizing. Ha ha. Hello, Chayadvara. Hello. Good to have you here today. So we're going to be doing a back to the table podcast, and this is a show that both this is a game rather that Albert and I have previously reviewed. But we're going to be doing a back to the table with it. We're going to be reviewing it again to bring in a new voice and give her in, input and opinion onto the game. So, and that game is Parks. Parks, yes. Uh, do you want to tell a quick summary of what Parks is? So it is a game where you are taking a hike through a line of different areas and you are picking up and going along the way and visiting national parks. Yes. So you're going to be picking anywhere along the line to go forward. You're going to be going down the line four times trying to collect resources and or be able to purchase or visit parks with those resources and you'll do that four times each of the different parks will give you a certain amount of points and whoever has the most amount of points after four rounds or seasons wins yeah so let us go through in our normal order now that again we're going to be doing a redo on this so we discussed this previously and you're welcome to listen back to some of our earlier opinions but this is still the game that we play often uh that we certainly enjoy both because of its table presence and because of you know the the gameplay and it being relatively dynamic, relatively fast and enjoyable to play through, but a lot of the spoilers for why it is that it still gets a bunch of time on our table. Having said all of that, we're going to go through and start with the components. So, kind of, are are there any components that you in particular think of or enjoy? I do like the hikers. I like how they have both of the genders. I like. The animals, the wild animals, I like how each of them is unique. So let me discuss both of those. So among the different things, there's the board that is a set of tiles with pictures of the different areas that you go through. And it's a bunch of tiles that are laid on a line. And you're going to have these hiker meeples that go down the line. And the hiker meeples represent where you're holding on the board. And Chaydevar is saying that she likes the hiker meeples because they have both genders on them many different colors too and many different colors yeah including your favorite color yes both of them actually i also like the cards they're very free the cards being the parks cards so you're going to be collecting resources to get the parks and those are tarot cards too those are larger than your normal playing card and definitely hard to shuffle very hard to shuffle because they're bigger but there's a huge amount of space that goes onto those cards that is just for the picture of the park itself. That has nothing to do with the resources, the gameplay mechanics. It's just there to be pretty, and it is awfully pretty. Right. And then there's also a minimal amount of space to say the name, a little bit of information about it, and then the resources that you need to buy it, and that is just enough room. They have enough room to clearly show the information the name, and the resources. Oh, and each of those park cards also shows a little tidbit about the different parks. That's what I just said, information. I know. Do you like those tidbits? Yeah. You like reading those? Are they interesting? Yeah. Do you still read about the different parks? Sometimes. Sometimes? Sometimes I just want to play the game. 
I think that the nicest time to read those is when you're playing multiplayer, because you read about the parks during other players' downtimes. And then also you can, if you find it really interesting, you could just say, hey guys, look, and read it to the entire table, even if they don't want to hear it. Yeah, we've done that a time or two before. <laughs> the, the, the entire table is just like, ow. So I think that uh, the parks cards definitely stands out as being really nice. There are also cards for the seasons, which show a couple extra resources that go in the different places. There's canteen cards. The backgrounds to those are really pretty, by the way. The the front sides or the back sides of those? Like, the backgrounds to the actual canteen card. Like, there's the canteen. On the side the, with the canteen or on, yeah, on the other on side? on the side with the canteen. Really? I've never noticed. Yeah, they've got, like, auroras and they've got mountains and they've oh, got... Oh, okay. Um canyons i know what you're saying okay i hear you so you like those so those cards. are the season oh so it's the same thing on the season cards and the canteen cards you're saying Basically. so it's still just pretty all around yeah okay um so those are also generally pretty we're saying um i i think that they are not as pretty as the parks cards definitely yeah you agree with that but they're small there's not as much room for detail and they don't want to take away from the main point of view, which is the canteen. So they put a little bit of prettiness in the background. The main point of view, main thing on that card is the canteen. The main thing on the parks card is the park. I mean, there are also mini cards, just not to emphasize you, not a lot of space. Right. So in comparison to the oversized parks cards, the tar- those are tarot size. These are mini size cards, and they're they're pretty small. Yeah. Yeah. Half have to agree with you on that. Um, the last thing I want to just mention is the resources. Now, just to begin with, the resources come in formed plastic trays that are shaped like these logs. I thought that was cute, though. That's a really cute touch. And each of the resources is somewhat stained. Like, they don't look like a nicely painted wood meeple. It's I, stained. I do like that. That adds, like, a nice antique hiker, like... Rustic. Out, yeah, out like camping hiker nice kind of like vibes yeah but i like that it looks intentional it's definitely intentional it's a different type of painting it, technique it looks intentional yet not intentional yeah it gives it a different sort of vibe which i like and they all look different and then you mentioned about the wild ones too yeah each so, one is unique the, the wild resources are literally a wild resource so there's different type of resources there's forest mountains sun and water and then, in addition, there's wild ones that can be used for any of the other ones. But they're wild animals, and they actually are a bunch of tiny little wild animals, ranging from an eagle to a giraffe to a hippo to an elephant to Cats. All, all sorts of actually, things. I don't, yeah, there's cat. Yeah, there's panthers in there. Black cat. There's panthers in there. There's all sorts. So that is all the components. And again, Khalidavar's comment is that they are lovely. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I I have to strongly agree. They are just beautiful, gorgeous. All of the artwork is amazing. Just some of it stands out more. So next, let's talk about the rulebook. So the rulebook has in it, there's the rulebook for how you play the multiplayer, which is the vast majority of the game. And then there's a couple pages left for the solo player part. Did you read the rulebook at any point in time? No. Say that for me. (laughs) No. No. Yeah. (laughs) She sat down to play the solo game and was like, I, I want to play it solo. Just teach me the rules, please. 
look, if I read the rule book, it's gonna go in through one, uh, in through my eyes, out through like, somewhere else. It's not gonna register. I, I, I'm not gonna disagree with you, and I think that it's possibly not even your fault for not wanting to understand the solo rules. For the I just main... don't want to understand any rules. I'll read any rule book. You'll explain it to me. I, I, well, let me give my opinion, at least, on the rules then. So for the main rules, I think the main rules are actually just fine. I think that the main rules explain so, how to play the game. Nice. The setup goes through. There's a nice picture for it. The gameplay goes through how you play all of it. I think the rules for the main version of the game is just fine. I will say... That I think that the solo rules, the explanation for it, um, is maybe not fine. <laughs> it maybe is not the easiest way of, of explaining it. And I think this is more true when I was trying to explain it with the way they explained it. And at one point I'm just like, oh no, we're just going to summarize this into catchy little phrases instead. And maybe I'll come back to this when we get to the gameplay more. But the solo rules did not make it easier to understand. But yeah, I will I will discuss maybe some of my issues with the solo rules when we come back and discuss the solo oh, gameplay. I was going to say my one issue with it. We'll say it loudly so they can hear you. So I do like the entire solo thing. It's nice. It's basically just like a human that's not there. Except for the fact that when they take a park, they take a park and they don't give back. Like, it doesn't refresh any. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, we will get back. We'll cover that again when we get to the the solo gameplay. But that is the rules. Um, let's first, before we discuss the solo gameplay elements, let's talk about how the gameplay itself works. So to discuss in more details, once you set up the line, there's separate tiles for each space that you can go through. And each of the four rounds, you'll randomize how much there are. And each round, you add one more. So the line will be getting longer and longer. There are season cards that come out that will randomly put some sun and some water on them. If you're the first person to get to a tile and there's a sun or a water on it, you get a bonus resource. Yay! And then you get whatever it is that is pictured on the tile. Most often it's you get one of the four different resources. Sometimes they do something different like let you take a picture, which is essentially trade in either two or if you have the camera, one resource to get a point that is saved for later in the game. Or it lets you turn a resource into a wild, or lets you reuse someone else's, things like that. The, g the general rule for those areas, for those spaces that you can go to, is you have two people that are walking down the trail, and each of your opponents has two people that are walking down the trail. In general, you cannot go on a spot with your either opponents or other person Unless you have a fire available. Everyone has a flippable token with a fire depicted on it. It's the friendship fire. Um, if you want to go on a space that another player is on, you must exhaust, put out, extinguish your friendship fire. And that is the only way to share space with another person. If you do not or choose not to use your friendship fire, um, then you are forced to use an open and available space. Sometimes that can make you have to skip over spaces in order to, well, in, due to a lack of availability or be able to maximize your options for later. I don't really think that's a bad thing because you're normally skipping over the spots anyways. So that doesn't affect me very much. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's not a matter that it's a 
bad thing. It's just to make it more dynamic. If you didn't have that, you'd go to every single space every single time. You just yeah. walk one by one by one down the mountain. It also makes the game more gamey and not so, like, chillax. And this is already a chillax game. It's already chill. So making it just have a little bit of complication is better. Yes. So, right, you need to have that push-pull of when to use your fire, if you want to use it now, if you want to use it later. And also, there's the limited amount of resources that there are free resources on spaces. So you may want to use to grab the free resources before your friends can jump down to them. And sometimes there's also push and pull with the camera. The camera, so I said it takes out the two resources or one resource to take a picture. The difference is if you have the camera. If you take a picture, you get the camera, and then every other time after that, it only costs you one resource to take a picture. So if you take a picture a bunch before someone else takes a picture, so your future, all of your subsequent pictures are going to be cheaper. But someone else may come yoink away from you, so you have to have some timing about when you want to use a camera, when you want to get gear, things like that. Speaking of gear, um, in addition to being able to take parks with resources, you may also spend sun to collect gear. Gear has all sorts of different options. Sometimes it makes parks cheaper. Sometimes they have to do multiple parks. Sometimes it changes what you could do on the spaces. But it essentially makes for more options and things that you can do on the board with the uses of those gears. Um, the last possibly important aspect of the gameplay is that each person has a personal goal uh, in view of their season. Actually, I think it's called a goal card. Um, which... The, um goal gear i think it's a the year year card whichever it is but it's it's your goal for things you want to do like it could say you want to get a whole bunch of mountain cards or have at least 10 c cards that was in there take a certain number of pictures like a certain amount of like elements on one on different cards spread out so like you can have 10 mountains over three different cards like something like that Right. So a lot of that makes it so not everyone's getting the exact same thing. You may be eyeing something different than your fellows. So even though the board is the same for everyone else, you may have different things that you value more highly. And that can mean other people have different pushes and pulls. I know that the game has felt very different with Chaydevar and I playing it um, when we have two similar types of goals than we have the same type of goal. It can get very cutthroat when halfway through the game we both realize, for example, that we both want mountains. Then at that point in time, it's a matter of, oh, oh, oh you, you do, I see. As opposed to when both of us have goals that are not the same, so the game, it, it feels very different then, yeah? The problem is that when, even if we don't, even if you want water, I want mountains, in that case, when a card comes out, when they both have water and mountains, and we're both like... Give me that. It's a race. But it's still, it's still a race. When, yeah, it's a race when that happens. But it's not like it's always a race. When we're both yeah. on mountains, it's it feels like we're always running neck and neck. See, that's what made me lose last time I played with you, even though I have the park pass. Yes, that's true. That is the gameplay. So, Khaivar, you had said that you like the gameplay. You like how it feels. And it makes a, a connection between both a chillax game and a highly strategic game. Yeah? Yeah. So I echo what she says. The The game has, a it, its vibe is a hike. <laughs> a hike is a nice 
relaxing trip. It feels nice and relaxing. All of the art, everything evokes a sense of tranquility as you're playing it. It doesn't ever feel you're not going up and being aggressive. Even at our, its most aggressive with this game, it's it's not like an Ashes. It's not a head-to-head competitive game that we're playing. We're both relaxing down a hike, and it happens to be that we have some intersections. But the game on a whole feels pretty relaxing. I have different thoughts when it comes to, to when it comes to that. When it comes to solo. Okay, well, let's go to solo then. So the way the solo gameplay works is that. So normally there's those gear cards, and the gear cards can cost either one, two, or three suns. When you're playing solo, what you'll do is you'll shuffle up the whole gear deck, and you'll take your turn as normal, and you're playing with an essentially a solo bot player. And on his turn, you'll reveal a gear card. If it's a one sun, it moves one. If it's two, it moves two. If it's three, it moves three. And you determine which one moves. So if they're tied, then it doesn't matter. You just pick one. If they're not tied... Then if you're ahead, so if any of your guys are ahead of theirs, then they'll move his ahead guy. If you're behind, which in this case, if you are not ahead, then he'll move his behind guy is the way that works. That was always confusing. Yes. And that's what I want to point out is this this thing that I'm saying now is confusing because it's like more like the solo person itself is more annoying than human because human i know more as solo person it's just an ai robot okay that's that's a couple points let me just focus on this one first so this idea that which one it is that you pick there's reference cards that can be made that make this clearer. There is not a solo reference card that helps you learn, remember, or understand the game. Many games have player reference cards. This one does not have a player reference card. I mentioned that makes the rules harder. When there's a reference card, like you can normally like understand the generalities of the rules, even from just a reference card. It helps you understand how to play. There's not one for this. And the solo the way the solo works really could have had a solo reference card to make it easier to understand what and how it works and it's hard to understand that and it takes a second and the rules don't even explain it like i explained it because it says a whole sentence to explain that because it doesn't use a catch between a head if your head move his ahead guy because it says if a hiker is ahead of both rangers move the front ranger you have to go like okay wait a second hiker is me ranger is him my height and becomes like a a parsing opportunity (laughs) to to figure it out really if they had not used the words hikers and rangers if one of your guys, if one of your guys is ahead of both of his guys, move his ahead, his his farthest ahead guy. Okay? Hiker and ranger, adding more stuff to parse makes it harder. It just makes it so much harder to be able to read, comprehend, understand, and execute. Ugh. Yeah. I got it after you told me. You got it right after you just understood it? You never once had to ask me any questions about it? 
No, but after you left me, I didn't. Did it come up again? Yes. Oh, okay. And you just remembered? Because my idea, if you're ahead, move as a head guy? Yeah, but that's not the way the rules explain it. <laughs> that was my making up a pithy way of doing it. Um, Chaydar also points out, and I'm just going to bring her back to the thing she said a moment ago, the soul is annoying because the solo is unpredictable and can just block you at random, whereas a player will be more sensible. What did you mean by that? Also, I know you more, rather, and so I'll be less annoyed at you when you take my park. When the solo person does it, I don't know who they are. And it's also, with a solo person, like you're going on a hike and the person just happened to get it. With a solo person, it's like, oh, well, randomness just messed me up this time because it landed right the wrong place. With a person, it's like, well, that's the obvious place that a person would want to get because I want it. So it was obvious to me, so it should be obvious to the other person. If it's solo, like, well, random hurt me and I feel annoyed at random. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is one that feels a little bit annoying about the random. Um, one other thing but that... in all other prospects, it's basically the same thing. No, I'm going to tell you one thing that kept annoying you during the game. Oh, right. Uh, the parks? The parks. This is the, the one. Gear? So, with the, with the parks, oh, if the another parks player, before. if another player gets a park that you wanted, you at least have a chance that another park will come up that you may have wanted instead. Right? Mm -hmm. Not so with the solo AR. If the solo AI grabs a park that you wanted, it does not refresh it. It does not refresh it to the end of the round. And if both of his so grab both of them, you're stuck with just one option. Your options are very reduced, very limited in what it is that you can do. And you hate that. <laughs> and that's that's kind of annoying that it doesn't refresh. I don't know why they felt it was necessary to do that, but they did. Another comment is that the gear cycles very quick in this game when you're playing solo because it's a new gear card that determines it. Um, you found that annoying, you said? The gear card, how, I, how fast they moved? Yeah. With, you're playing with other people and they don't be like, they take it or they take a different one. It don't, and there's just refreshes every turn. When you're playing with other people, they have to collect the sun. They have to get over there. Well, with them, it could be random because you could pull one. And if you're looking for one in the three slot, and the next turn they pull three, and you're about to get it, and you're just like, I wanted that. I collected for that. I spent like two turns on that. <laughs> Give it to me. And they just take it away. I will say, I don't think you've ever played four player where, t where gear goes probably just as fast with three other players like that. No, the point. Even five players. So I don't think this felt annoying to me because, yeah, there's sometimes gear can go fast, but a lot of the gear tends to have good uses. So for me, the fact that the gear went, because it wasn't reducing my options, it was just a new option. So for me, that often feels like, hey, it's just presenting something different for me to do. As opposed to the parks where I have less options than I had before, as opposed to different options, which feels more frustrating for me. Um, so let me ask you for just in general, did you enjoy playing multiplayer? Yes. You enjoyed the multiplayer yeah. game? I certainly agree. Again, it's got a it it's right in that tangent of relaxed but strategic challenging and fun without being like too all in and all out there it 
it's a lot of fun to play it. There's a lot of elements. The idea of just marching down that hike, always moving forward, but questioning how far, how fast you want to move forward, when you want to block of other players, those limited resources. There's a lot of decision-making in it, which nicely intersects with it feeling like a very relaxed game. So certainly for multiplayer, I really enjoyed it. Did you enjoy playing solo? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. How much? Less than multiplayer. Less than multiplayer? Okay. I think I maybe enjoyed it less solo than you, I would say. It could be that even, and I need to go see if I can find a better um, reference card for playing solo, because if there were a reference card that was more well done for explaining the solo version it might be that the game would feel better to me. But the fact that I have to parse in my head how to do the solo thing means that the game doesn't flow nearly as well as I would like it to be. It's If there were an image, if there was some quick summary, then I would be better with it. But there's not that quick summary, which means that the solo just takes that second of frustration longer to play their turns. For me, I enjoy solo a lot more when the AI is smooth and doesn't require any cognitive load. And this one feels like it requires cognitive load to me that makes me enjoy the solo less than it should. And it, I really should put some effort into seeing if I can either make or find someone with a nice reference card that would reduce the cognitive load and allow me to enjoy the solo game because with without that problem... The solo game plays a lot like the multiplayer, and I really enjoy multiplayer. So you would I think I would really enjoy I it solo. I still like the parks or the gear. <laughs> I'm okay. I, I'm okay, definitely okay with the gear. I'm okay with the parks. It is what it is. It doesn't usually last too long for that piece of hurt. I, but the whole game having to figure out ahead or behind is annoying. I do know that there are turns when they collect enough sun or water. One of them... I thought I had time, and then it was just like, hey, we're here now, hurry up. And I was like, I thought I had enough time to get my items and my resources so that I can go get my parks. Yeah. Apparently I don't. And I had both people still on my hiker because I was waiting to get enough resources to do one park so I could do the other park. But I couldn't, I could only do one. I don't even know if I could do either because I only had one turn. That was really annoying. <laughs> but I still do recommend it, even with all that annoyance. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think with that, I think the crickets are chirping outside, so I think it's just about time for bed. I think we need to turn it in for the night. Let's go camping. No. <laughs> Have a good night, everyone. Straight up now. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-alike license. Thanks for listening.